Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke. Let's start this episode off real fast with a couple of quick dates for you to be aware of. This weekend, Saturday, February 23rd, in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, I will be at the Music City Veterinary Conference. And if you're there, I would love for you to come by and say hi. I'll be there all day Saturday, the 23rd. I'd love to see your smiling face. In the Uncharted Veterinary Community, on March 12th, we're starting our staff communication course. It's a month-long course. We're going to be talking about disc assessments. We're going to be talking about... Um, team building, we're going to be talking about culture, we're going to be talking about communication styles, and getting your team to communicate effectively. And it's a deep dive, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff um, in lecture, a lot of stuff in work groups, we've got some homework, we'll be doing some stuff at your practice, it's going to be the real deal. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, head on over to unchartedvet.com, it is free to our members, go ahead and get enrolled, and we would love to have you there. In April, the Uncharted Veterinary Conference comes to Greenville, South Carolina. This is uh, this is the granddaddy of them all. It's the Uncharted Conference. And so this will be our third year doing it. This conference is all about growth. UnchartedVet.com. Learn more about it. Or go to Facebook. Check out Uncharted Vet on Facebook. You'll find our Facebook page. Read the reviews of people who've been before. And just see what other people who went there, what they had to say. But that's as much of a plug as I'll give uh, for the conference. We've only got a... Gosh, we've only got about two, three dozen spots left, and, and then the thing's going to be full. So if you're interested, jump on it now. All right, let's get into this episode. In this episode, it's me and two of my favorite practice managers. It's Stephanie Goss, who you probably know from uh, our other episodes, and it's my buddy Mike Falconer. Mike is a practice administrator. He's, he's a big practice He's got 14 veterinarians, about 100 employees there. He's dealing with a large organization. So I I just love getting him in and getting his perspective. Today, we're talking about one of the most important skills that you could have on the floor, and that's how to give people feedback. And I don't care if you're an associate vet. I don't care if you're a technician. how How you talk to people around you, how you give them positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement, Man, that is so vital. And so this falls into the key skills category for me. And that's why we want to get it out early in the podcast. So that's what we're doing today. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into it. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. Guys, we're here with Mike Falconer, (laughs) who is apparently a hospital administrator. (laughs) He's a hospital administrator at a big hospital uh mike what would you like to tell us about your background <laughs> i live in las cruces um uh, what would i like to tell you about my background? i don't know i've been a hospital minister for 12 years um what else do i want to tell you uh you do, you do a ton of writing so you've got do a ton uh, of writing sure yep you've got you've got your website you write a lot on linkedin uh you've written for uncharted and for drandywork.com you are a rabid, avid reader of, of all things, but specifically business text. You and I talk a lot about books, a lot about reading, uh, a lot about uh, sort of management thought and strategy. Those are the things that I would say. Is that cool. is that sufficient? Perfect. Perfect. And Perfect. then also with us is the one and only Stephanie, my heart will go on, Goss. <laughs> Oh who is my God. also a practice administrator and uh, and the light of my life and one of my dearest <laughs> friends. And she is the director of business development and community development at Uncharted Vet Conference and Community. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Gosh, Good I'm winning. Guys here. Let's let's get into this. So um so we're so we're rolling out uh, the Uncharted podcast and we're still in the early episodes. And I feel like it's important to lay lay some groundwork here. Like, let's really put down sure. some skills that leaders need to have to, to be effective. And so let's just start filling holes that you don't get in vet school and you don't get in tech school and you don't get in college and just be like, look, these are survival skills that you need to have if you're going to work effectively with other people. So today, what I want to talk about is, is honestly a thing that I see people get wrong all the time. That is a massive struggle. And it's just it's giving feedback. It's, it's how do you say something? How do you correct your people? How do you, how do you, when people mess up, what do you say? And that's so simple. I think people struggle with it all the time. Do you agree? 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. I mean, it's it's such a it, it's it's such an all encompassing thing. It's so easy to get wrong. I mean, the amount of times, and then Stephanie, I'm sure you've done the same things. As you sit and you're giving feedback to someone, and you give ninety percent, ninety five percent of positive, awesome feedback, and then you mention a couple of things that need to be maybe adjusted, and you get out of that, and then. 10 minutes later, it's around the hospital about what a horrible review you just gave to uh, to whomever who is now mortified and is crying in the restroom. You know, it's just, uh, it can be, it's so easy to get wrong. It's so easy for it to go wrong without your bad intentions. It's, uh, it's a skill, that's for sure. Well, I think that's why people struggle with it. And, and that's why, honestly, people are, uh, the first problem with feedback is people are afraid to give it. And it's, yes. it's and it's, for good reason, because we've all been burned. We have all said things to other people, <laughs> given them the feedback, and it has blown up in our faces. For sure, and it's and it's never and it's never done with with bad intentions, right? Like the when when managers are um, or leaders in a practice are trying to give feedback, it's it's always um, almost always with good intentions, but. It goes sideways so fast. I think I think because a lot of managers tend to be uncomfortable um, for one of two reasons: either that they don't give a lot of feedback, and so this is something out of their norm, and they're struggling with, oh God, how do I do this? Or they have some vague um, idea of what they want to say, and they're they're not having any concrete examples, and so their feedback is very abstract. And you're left with a, a team member who's sitting there staring at you, going, "I have no idea what you just talked to me about." <laughs> oh, <It's>, oh, totally. <laughs> uh, again, it's this it's this dance. There's one there's one feedback mechanism that we've all heard and been taught, and it's the it's the poop sandwich. You know, it's 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 compliment and interesting. <laughs> And then compliment. And I don't know if that worked. Like, you know, like 30 years ago, I think now because everyone has heard it and we deal with relatively smart people, everybody's looking for it. As soon as you're like, (laughs) hey, Stephanie, um, you know, I just want to tell you, I I really love what you did up at the front desk yesterday. And Stephanie's mind is already going, okay, stop talking about this crap and tell me what we're really talking about. <laughs> give, give me the bad part now. And, and, and after it was over, I would give her a great compliment, tell her the thing and give her a great compliment. If, if, if she's walking out and someone says, hey, what did Andy talk to you about? She'll be like, oh, he had a problem with this thing. It's totally true. It's totally true. It's complete garbage. So the compliment critique, compliment, it is important. So, so, I know why we do it, and we'll talk about it when we when we get started. But honestly, I I don't want to say it's it's useless. I, I I think it's better than the way that a lot of people do it. But I think we should all be honest and say if that's the only tool in your toolbox, you're in trouble. And honestly, your your people know it's coming. They're no, you're not fooling anybody. They're not like, wow, that was largely positive. They have discounted everything positive that you said. <laughs> There's uh, I just I, sorry, Stephanie. Go ahead. No, no, no! I was just gonna say it's totally true. Yeah, I. Uh, it's 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 they when when they turn around and you, you give them this beautiful compliment and they say but and you go no, there's no but. We're fine. You know, I just wanted yeah. to give you a nice compliment. And then it's just like no, no, no. Where, where's the real thing? And it's just like no, you're just waiting for that. Well, let's um, so let's, I, let's start let's start right there. Okay, so I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, what does it mean when your people say to you when you give them some positive reinforcement? You're like, hey, you did a great job, and they look at you and go. But what? <laughs> so so seriously, like, let's talk about groundwork for, for having good feedback in your practice. Like, what does it mean when they say that? I, I mean, I think, it, I mean, as a, as a rule, I think it means you should probably not give you as much positive feedback as you probably should be. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's always, uh, you know, and I've been saying this to people for years, which is probably says more about me than anything else. But it, it's just like, you know, I, I need to get better at giving positive feedback. You know, I, I when I bring my supervisory staff on and I orientate the supervisory, I use a quote from the carrot principle, which is that like when I'm when I do something bad, I'm recognized 100 percent of the time. And when I do something awesome, I'm not recognized 99 percent of the time. And, and I think that's so true. And it's so I mean, all managers do that. And I. 
And, you know, arguably that's just the burden you bear because, you know, the, the things that are wrong are the things that you kind of are like, that's why you're there. That's why you're there to deal with them. But you do have to keep in mind, you do have to keep that kind of cheerleading thing and that spotting the great things and encouraging the great things and encouraging the youth. And yes, to you, the bars should, should constantly be moving forward. It should be constantly a gaining into something else but that doesn't necessarily that's not necessarily the same thing for your staff your staff's your standard may have moved forward but your staff standard may have stayed and they may need to still that have that encouragement to keep doing what you think oh we've gone past just saying good morning we're now saying good morning mrs smith you know just because you're saying good morning to someone is not a reason for me to give you a compliment when you say good morning mrs smith then i'll give you a compliment you know so those bars do move and but at the same time you know then that you send go down a spiral and all goes wrong and uh, um it, it's it's a tough it's that whole thing is tough no, I, I think that's a great point. I, I think a lot of times, especially if you're if you're using a ton of negative reinforcement, and you're like, "Look, I say something when they break the rules. When when they do something good, they should be internally validated. <laughs> they should know in their heart they did something good and enjoy that." I will say something when they do something bad. The problem is if, if you're just doing negative sort of reinforcement, you're reinforcing the status quo. Yeah. Like the the cheerleading part. There's there's two things about positive reinforcement and cheerleading is number one, you you do, and you nailed this, like you do push people forward. Like you've got to cheer them on. You've got to talk about where we're going, how we're growing, how we're developing, because otherwise they'll say, well, you know, I've always, um, I've always just greeted people this way saying, hello, I don't understand why that's not good enough now. And you go, well, it's not good enough now because we're really doubling down on making clients feel like they're part of our family or like they know, or we know them, blah, 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 blah. If you don't have those sort of motivated cheerleading, hey, we're moving forward talks, I think you I think you hit your head against the wall there. So that, that's number one is positive reinforcement helps you move forward. The other thing, and honestly, you can look at it like this, positive reinforcement, calling people out for the good stuff that they do, it is an investment in being able to give them negative feedback later on mm. with, without rocking their world. And we've all had that experience where you give somebody negative reinforcement and they're toast for the rest of the day. Like they're, you know what I mean? Like, seriously, you you were joking, but you're right. They're crying in the corner because, you know, we were unhappy with the way they set up the surgery suite. Yeah. And that, oh, and that never just stops with one person, right? Mike's example <laughs> is totally true because that one person that you didn't really even necessarily give super harsh feedback to is in the bathroom crying. And now there's four other people in there with her wanting to know what's going on. And then the whole team gets sucked into it. So what began with good intentions becomes this massive dramatic thing. And it's, it's our job as managers. And it's one of the harder pieces of our jobs to try and know that that's coming and set ourselves up for success, <laughs> set ourselves up for success. Right, Mike? I mean, yeah. like, do you, do you think about that? I think about that before I sit down with somebody is like, okay, how many ways could this go sideways? And how do I need to try and <laughs> how do I need to try and set it up? And for me, I think one of the things that drives me nuts more than anything, and I think it's a human conditioning thing. If somebody says to me, oh, hey, you did a great job, you know, in our meeting today, or, hey, you did a great job today. I, I do it too. I think like Mike said, and I'm, there's a butt in my head and I'm waiting for what's going to come next because mm -hmm. that's so general and so generic. It doesn't feel genuine. And so I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Whereas if Andy, you said to me, um, you know, Hey, Stephanie, great job, um, holding, you know, birdie for that blood draw today. I know she was being really difficult, but you know, you really nailed it. I immediately shut off and I just think, oh, wow, he thought I did a great job on that blood draw today. There's there's nothing coming. But I think we've been so conditioned to wait for the poop sandwich <laughs> that when somebody just gives you the general feedback, that's where your mind immediately is going. Well, that that's the point I guess I would make now is, you know, we're talking about about managers. But honestly, um, so I'm an associate vet. And so I'm not the literal boss of my technicians. Like we, you know, they they have a a, man, a practice manager who is their technical boss, and the owner is their technical boss. I'm an associate vet. Like I think status wise, I think I'm probably set a little bit higher uh, in the organization. But I'm not supposed to necessarily tell them what to do. But we have to work together. And mm. so when you do feedback well, it doesn't matter if you're somebody's boss. So like this can be a talk. I, I, I talk a lot about feedback to associate vets and go, you're not their boss, which is why you have to nail this feedback. Um, yes. 
so that you can influence their behavior and how they work with you and you can get what you want and what you need when you don't have positional power. And honestly, I love that because I feel like if you're giving somebody feedback, right, and your approach is, I'm your boss and I'll fire you if you don't change. That's, that's awful. Like you're, I mean, that, that, that's not how people should be treated. You're not, you, you may, they may do what you want, but you have put a seed of resentment in there that will ultimately come to fruition and, and, and it's, it's going to hinder you in the long term. So you don't, I think for feedback, I think it's an important thing to, to say is you don't have to be their manager. This is really about working together as a team. So so let's let's start unpacking this stuff. So groundwork, I think we're all talking about it right now. When you give people positive reinforcement, you buy the ability to give them some negative reinforcement later on. And they feel safe because they feel like you value them. That's a big thing I think a lot of people always say or, or, or feel. They feel like when you only hear negative reinforcement, they don't know what's going on in your brain. And so they think Andy does not like me. He only complains about me. He only says bad things. He never indicates that he sees the positive things. And so I think their uncertainty about how I feel or their sort of lack of, of, of confidence, their insecurity, I think that causes a lot of the problem. So when we give somebody negative feedback and they go out and they tell the rest of the team and they're talking throughout the whole, uh, the whole practice, I think that that's because they're looking for somebody to validate them and validate the scenery. They want to hear from other people, no, you're a great technician. You do great work. If they already have that validation from you because you've given them positive feedback, I think they're less likely to go and try to get it other places. There'll still be some of that, but I think it's toned down. Steph, do you agree with that? I, I do, totally. I, I think that we see that a lot. Mike, you you um, exist in a much larger practice bubble than either Andy or I do. do. Do you see that? Do you see that more? I would imagine in a larger group culture, you you see that in a significant scale. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, just your interactions. I mean, like I I have a thing, and I've been doing it for years, which is I try to I try to say good morning to everyone. Uh, when I'm when I arrive or whenever I arrive in the practices, I'll just say hello to everyone, and I literally just go around the whole hospital and just try and say hello to people. And part of that is, part of that is just to check in with them. So if I get someone who says, "Oh, good morning," and I get someone who says, "Good oh, morning," I say, "Whoa, what's going on in your world?" And and actually just doing that check-in bit. But part of it is also just to try and reset and try and reset from whatever's happened the day before. So even like if I've had a very contentious, very difficult meeting with someone or I've written someone up or I've said, you know, or I have said, you know, hey, if you sort this out, I'm going to fire you. You know, I, I still want to reset that relationship. I still want to be able to say, is, you know, hey, I know things are difficult between us right now and I know things are difficult in your employment, but I'm still there and I'm still the same person that you knew and I'm still there for the, for other things that are going on. So if you, if you want to help with this, I'm there. And so certainly there's definitely... I mean, I know it earlier, but what we're talking about is I think the goal for feedback is about changing. You want to talk about behavior. You want to talk about things that people are doing and you want to get them to you want to try and take the emotion out of it. And you don't want to really start delving too far into make changing how they feel and changing how they feel about what they're doing. So because if you if you basically I mean, there's that saying is like if the, people don't remember what you say, they remember how you made them feel. And if you make them feel like they're failing and they're and they're you know their uh, their time here is wasted or not valued or whatever because of that feedback, that's a problem. And I certainly, when I'm giving feedback to people, I'm very aware of how is this person feeling right now? How are they taking this? And if they're taking it, if they're taking it the wrong way, trying to steer it back into more positive territory and trying to kind of say, you know, I mean, I'm I I have said to people, you know, is is, is it listen? If I wanted you gone, you'd be gone. You know, it's literally that simple. The reason I'm talking to you right now is I want you here. We enjoy having you here. We want you to be part of our team. But I need this to change. You know, this has to change. And, and uh, otherwise, we have a problem. Well, I, I think that that mindset is really important, too. So, you know, one of my one of my big things, um, sort of laying groundwork, we talked about sort of positive reinforcement. It's a heck of a lot easier to catch somebody doing the thing that you want them to do and then jump all over it and call it out. And I mean, I've, I've done this. Uh, so with my technicians, I have great technicians. Uh, one of the reasons that they're so great 
is because I remember a specific example where I was working with uh, Kayla in the exam room and I came out and she had the most beautiful medical records waiting for me. Like she had just banged everything out and she'd obviously taken notes while I was talking to the client and they were just, I changed like three words just, just so I felt like I had contributed, you know? <laughs> and they were so perfect. And so I grabbed her and I said, can I talk to you for a second? When you write up medical records like this, it's a thing of beauty. <laughs> like my job is so easy. I changed two words. This is incredible. And I just wanted to tell you that and tell you how much I appreciate it. And I, you can see her mind just exploded that someone would, would give her such direct positive feedback. But you better believe that from then on, Kayla's medical records are they're incredible every time. And it all goes back to that one time. And I make sure to remember to remind her, hey, I know you know this. These are beautiful. I love how you do that. But I never, I never had to talk to her about, hey, I need you to change your records. I just caught her when she did it the way I wanted yeah. and, and, and called it out. The other thing that Mike goes to is, you know, we pay attention to how these people are, are feeling. And he, I, I think what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you say, hey, you know, if, if I didn't want you to be here, you wouldn't be here. I, I guess what, what I see as the, as the truth in the middle of that is I care about you. And mm -hmm. you do a good job and I am giving you feedback because I want you to be successful and I want you to be happy. And I say that for, for them is, is when I give you feedback, it is in the spirit of, I think you're awesome and I'm investing into you and I want to help you be better. But that also, that mentality, that helps me step up and have the conversation because I, you know, I'm like everybody else where I sit back and I'm like, I, don't, I really don't want to talk to this person about this negative thing. I could, you know, I could just let it go. And so many of us let the little things go. We wait until it becomes a big thing and now we've got a big problem versus we just said something early on. So I motivate myself to say something early on by, by being honest and looking at this and saying, look, come on self, I see the writing on the wall. This has happened twice. It's gonna keep happening. Ultimately, I'm gonna get mad. Like this is going, like I'm going to, I am going to be frustrated. I'm going to have a bad day. And this person is going to do this thing that I've seen a, a couple times already. And, and it's going to all go down or it's going to be a big issue. I don't want them to have that experience. I don't want them to have this big fight. I don't want them to be someone that doesn't get opportunities. None of that stuff is fair to them. And so how do I avoid that? I say something now so that they don't get that penalty later on. We don't get to the point where I'm at the end of my rope and they have no idea why. We don't get to the point where I don't, I don't want to work with them. So I naturally grab other technicians for, for the things that are more involved because I don't want to work with you. That seems like a short-term solution for me. It's a bad solution for that person. And so sometimes giving feedback, if, it, if you put it in your mind of, this is the kind thing to do is to say to them, hey, I when I see you handling pets this way, it looks rough and it it makes me worried for your safety and it, and it makes me uh, really cringe. And I wouldn't say necessarily that way. But if those are the thoughts I'm having, gosh, I need to have that conversation with that person now, not later on. And, and you're, you're doing you're absolutely right, Andy. And you, you have your, you know, the, the good outweighs the bad. You know, and then when you're having those conversations and that's really the thing you really need to kind of be able to try and get across. You, if you go and tell someone that, that doesn't actually come across that way usually. So it's because everyone focuses on the bad. And it, it's uh, it's interesting. I was thinking, I mean, one of the things that's different with me is, is that I have I have a supervisory staff. So I have a level in between me and the, and generally the people who 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 work with me so i mean it's uh, so the, the general coaching like hey you're handling that pad, pet bit bad that all comes from someone who is above them who is their supervisor but is but is really doesn't get involved in discipline discipline then goes to my level but there so when you start getting to my level things have been stepped up a bit and there's a little bit of difference and like the daily encouragement tends to come from them and if i see something of course i, I try and remark on it but it's a so but just having the conversation there's a certain amount of oh crap i'm in trouble um it's one of my favorite things to do is to pull someone into an exam room and uh, they think they're getting into huge trouble and just say by the way you just did this and it was awesome and uh, <laughs> because it totally it totally blows their minds so um but yeah you're absolutely right i i think it creates 
you're trying to save what you've got there. You really do. I mean, I, I hate firing people. I really don't want them to. I don't want to do it and fire anyone, you know. And it's uh, and so trying to keep people and trying to keep them part of your team. And genuinely, you can like people. I mean, I've had people I've really liked who've just failed, you know, and that hurts. It hurts a great deal. Um, and so, as a manager, it's I, I take those things personally. You know, I really do. But wouldn't you agree that that those people are less likely to end up in your office having a a serious conversation? If somebody on the floor with them had said something the first time the problem happened. Yeah, yes, I think so. I mean, I mean, I I think that generally I think, to to be honest, they tend to get into my office when someone has said something to them and they've either pushed back or they've kind of continued and it's not changed. And I mean, I, I, I think it's rare that there's stuff that kind of comes out of the blue. It's always part of a conversation. It's always part of a longer thing. And a, at the same time, you know, just as managers and just as managers in general, you know, you want to do those. You want to pick up on those things. You want to stop those things getting out of hand. And at the same time, as you can often be accused of micromanaging, because so you, there's a balance, there's a line to work there. It's just like, how much do you want to control Like I'm a nutcase about name badges. We have name badges in our practice and they're magnetic and they fall off and everything else, but they don't ruin scrubs and they don't hurt people by pinning them. Um, But I expect everyone to wear a name badge. And so probably the number one bit of feedback I give to every single person I see is, is there, where's your name badge? You know, and it's a, and that's almost become this kind of running joke. And it's just, that's just the one thing that I will see. It's the most visible thing, but it's all about setting standards, about setting the level that you want to work with people and just say, uh, and this, this is a level we work at. And the world level we work at is everyone wears a name badge in our practice, regardless of what your role is. You wear a name badge, you meet people, you talk to people, therefore you have a name badge. Jeff, what are, you, what are you thinking over there? Well, so I was thinking when Mike was talking about um, uh, about his practice, and this is this is actually really common in medium, you know, more than a two-doctor practice. It's pretty typical that there um, is someone, front desk, uh, patient care team, somebody kind of in the middle between a uh, practice manager, hospital administrator, and the the team on the floor. Sometimes it's, it's associate doctors like you, Andy, and um, somebody is kind of giving them the day-to-day feedback because you, as the practice manager or hospital administrator, are not on the floor with them. Um, and I think it's actually one of the areas where uh, we set ourselves – up as a team for failure the most because I think we often the people who are promoted into those roles intentionally or unintentionally don't typically have any business training they don't mm-hmm. have a management background they're usually technicians they're your rock star CSRs they're your rock star um, you know assistants or technicians who have leadership skills and so someone said hey let me put you into a leadership role and they don't um, often have opportunities to have that education. And so one of the things that I see us failing them in the most is not teaching them really the single most, to me, the single most um, important thing about what makes feedback effective, which is that it has to be specific, it has to be concrete, and it has to be um, functional. You want to tell them, you want to teach them what do you want their behavior to look like in the future? And so a lot of times those uh, middle level people are doing cheerleading. They're like, hey, that was great. Or they're coming to you and saying, this is what's not going great. I need you to fix it. They're, we're not teaching them how to actually give the feedback. And I think that that's mm. where we often fail our teams is to realize that the the feedback shouldn't, the the responsibility of feedback shouldn't fall solely on the hospital, the practice manager, the hospital administrator, the practice owner, the the vet. It shouldn't solely be up to people in positions of power to give that feedback. And Andy, you talked about that so well. I think it's really important that we teach our teams as a whole that feedback, good or bad, has to be what does that have to look like and that it has to come from everybody at a peer level as well as a up and down the chain level. Yeah. Yeah. So- so, so much good stuff there. I, I think you're exactly right. So let's get into this now. How do you, like, how exactly do you have that conversation? So what do you say? And and I'd like to throw it out and say, and see if you guys agree. I think there's great value, especially if you're in a practice or a place that, that doesn't do a lot of feedback. And, and, and this has been something we've stayed away from 
you know, one of the exercises that I really like to do, and I'll do it in my lectures when I talk about give, sort of giving feedback, I will say to the audience, I'll say, do me a favor, raise your hand if you wish that someone gave you honest feedback about how you're doing in your job. Do all the hands shoot up? All the hands go up. They all, <laughs> every, Everybody wants to know how they're doing, you know, and nobody wants to be tyrannized, but everybody wants to. They want to know if, and I want to know, I tell you as an associate vet, I wish that other vets would say to me, Hey, I think you're excellent at this. Mm-hmm. I think if there's an area that you would improve in, it would be this. Like mm-hmm. that, I, I, I would like that feedback because I want to be a better vet and I'm trying to figure out what that means. And so when you couch it that way and say, honestly, who, who wants to know how they're doing in their job? Who wants to be coached? To, to develop and to grow and to get better. I think that putting that to the team, maybe even a staff meeting to say, guys, I want us to continue to grow and develop. And so raise your hand if you would like feedback on how you're doing day to day, on where you can grow, on, on how we as a practice can get better. I think that that's a good opening to let people know I may say something to you. This is the spirit in which I'm saying it. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, yeah, I think I, I think you can. I mean, I think it's I think trying to kind of if you can create that culture that says, you know, the, the, yes, this is when we give feedback, this is what we're trying to do. I I, I think that's amazing. I think that's great if you can make that happen. I, I, I think it's super hard. Mm-hmm. I think it's very hard, and it's very hard. I mean, <laughs> Stephanie, I'm sure you've heard this a million times. Is, is that someone comes to you and says, "Did you shout it, John?" Anyway, I didn't shout at John. I had a conversation with him because of this, and it just and and it's it's almost like a reverse piece of feedback. It's kind of like you know, just like I did not shout at him, you know. And it's a, um, a I mean, I think I've shouted at two people, and it's always been for like insane things um, in my career. And so you know, you don't you have conversations with people and trying to kind of I, I certainly feel is is that if you, I think you have to keep it instance so you have to try and coach it i mean i don't think as you this the shit sandwich example that you used earlier is i don't I, I don't think you can use that i think you have to use other things but i think you do have to take the temperature of the person and how they're feeling and the way that they're feeling things the way they're interpreting this and to try and really to enforce this is that this is what's going on and that's where i kind of i kind of luck out because i have a supervisory staff so they go back on the floor and then there's someone can keep an eye on them so if they are in the restroom in tears is that i'll know about that straight away and we'll be able to try and deal with that if we can deal with it or if if they're going off and plotting to burn the building down i should be able to spot that just because i've got people next to them Um, so when when i uh when i start to actually give feedback i think one of the most important things to think about with feedback is um i i i think that feedback should always have a a step up approach right i think a lot of us i i think i think the, the feedback that you give to somebody it should match the severity of the infraction and also the <laughs> persistence of the infraction. So I had, yeah. I had a mentor one time and I said to him and I was like, Hey Gary, you know, you've been a mentor of mine for a long time. And one of the things that I've noticed, and this is a true story. I said, you always say things to me at the level of intensity that I need to hear them. And he and I said, how do you do that? And he said, well, Andy, that's not exactly true. I say things to you. And then if you don't change your behavior, I say them more directly. And then I say them more directly until finally you hear them. And I think that, that I think that that's true. I think that sometimes we mention things to people and they don't get it. And so then when we're more direct, finally they're like, oh, now I'm hearing this. But sometimes we have to walk up to that. I think some of us either we make the, we make two mistakes. We either don't say anything or we have the come to Jesus talk. That then yes. that's our only go-to. Yes. If, if you get yes. feedback from me, it's in a closed door office. <laughs> you think you're getting fired, and I just need you to uh to show up on time. Like that oh. the, that's it. So um so I'm all about ratcheting up as we go and having more significant conversations. So the the approach that I that I use and, and I sort of teach is number one, I like to start off with what's called the mention. And I feel like this is the this is like if you're driving your car. This is you tapping the steering wheel. I feel like a lot of times uh, the way we get feedback is we're driving the car, 
65 miles an hour. We don't have hands on the wheel. And then when things get really bad, we jerk it back onto the road. And, and that's, that's the come to Jesus talk. I, I think we all know that if you want to, if you want to do a good job driving, you're just constantly sort of touching the wheel and that's positive and negative feedback. But the big thing for me is the mention. And so let's say that we've got a behavior. We've got something where it's like um, the person is uh, say that, say that they're, 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 their handling of pets seems either unsafe or, or it seems rough on the pets. And, and, that, and that's not cool. The first thing that I want to do, rather than just jumping on them, is just mention what I'm seeing. And I think a lot of times people, they, they just, they're not self-aware in that moment. They don't know that they're coming off this way. Or a lot of times people don't realize that what they're doing is important, or they think that nobody notices. And so just saying something like, uh, like Mike, you nailed it earlier when you said, I come in and I say, good morning. And if somebody says, good morning, <laughs> you know, I, it sets off these, these, these alarms. I think the follow-up to then is, hey, you sound like you're kind of down. What's going on? And that sort of open-ended question, I think, is great for just letting people know that you notice this thing and, and to be available to them. Again, I'm not trying to police you. I really want what's, what's best for you. So if I said, hey, uh, Stephanie, I saw that you were 15 minutes late coming in this morning. What, what happened? Everything okay? That's a, that, that is accomplishing the things that I want. It's making her aware that I, that I saw this, letting her know that it's worth it to me to say something to her. But then also it's being open and I want to hear what happened. And, and this is a one-time thing. And she goes, oh, my, my kid is really sick. I'm going to say, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. Is there anything we can do to support you? Right. I, and, and I'm, I'm not coming down, but I think that that, I think the mention is one of the great ways to not micromanage people because I'm engaging them in dialogue. I'm not making this a big deal, but I'm, I'm starting the conversation. So do, do you guys agree that that, uh, with that as sort of a starting point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a, I mean, we have a, a thing at, at my hospital where we, we have uh, coaching and discipline. And coaching is a very specific thing. It's done by a very specific group of people. And then when we move, when you got out of the, the discipline, when you get out of the coaching thing, it's kind of like you've reached that level where the coaching, where they mention and the little pull aside talk and the little thing has just not really worked or is, is not working the way you want it to. And then it literally, we literally do call it, can you have a come to Jesus talk with, with, with person, with this person? And you go, okay, sure. We'll pull them aside. And, and to kind of, and as you mentioned before, to try and drill down and to kind of say, Hey, listen, this is really serious. You need to pay attention to this. And I know you maybe you don't think your supervisors are maybe you think your supervisors are joking around or they're not actually a this is not important. But, yeah, this is important. This is reported to me. And I I endorse this. I endorse this message. And you need, you need to be doing this. And I, I think that's super true. I mean, that graduated approach is what what works. And and of course, the thing to remember, particularly when you have the intervening person, is, is that and sometimes you do have to be a bit wary of this is, is that part of your function is being that kind of like upper management is just your job to be able to come down and do those things that kind of day-to-day kind of interaction and so forth yes you want to be able to have that and yes you want to have that in general terms but that that's the task management you don't handle the task management of that particular person of that employee of that technician or whatever you know you're not dealing with the yes you're holding that dog brilliantly for the 20 times that you've done that but this time you were really too rough you know you're not seeing that so your job at that moment in time is to talk about the fact that you're handling that pet in a rough manner and you know that's outside of the realms of what you want so how do you open up these conversations well before before i answer that i was going to say i think you both had two very important things that are worth unpacking. So, um, Andy, you you were talking about just kind of the mention and the really the coaching conversations. Um, and Mike said uh, in his practice, there's uh, you know you have the the coaching level, and then you move beyond the coaching level into the discipline level. And I think that very often it, in the hospitals that I have worked with over the years. There's a very large divide between the casual feedback and the come to Jesus conversations, and there's not a lot in between. And I think that that's where we kind of fail our teams is like, it doesn't have to be, oh, hey, you did a great job today. And 
oh my God, you're on the step next to firing. There has to, we have to build in some middle ground. So I think we need to teach our teams as a whole how to have more of the general feedback conversations that you're talking about, Andy, the ones that are um, more positive reinforcement than negative reinforcement so that there is much more of a gray area between the, the two ends of the spectrum. Because I think that that's, um, that's something that I see a lot in the veterinary spaces that there is not that middle ground. And I think it's because people don't know how to do it. They're not taught. How do you, how do you say something specifically to somebody? It's very, it's usually very vague and it's coming from one of two places. Either they're uncomfortable having the conversation or they don't know what to say. And so I think that's part of our role as leaders needing to fill that gap for them and teach them what does a, what does a feedback formula look like? I know when I was a young manager, um, it was something that was brought to my attention as part of my review process is that my team felt like I didn't often give them feedback unless it was the come to Jesus kind. Yeah. And I took that really hard because I thought that I, I thought that I did a really good job um, being nice to everybody. And what I realized um, after some work with a, a mentor of mine was that it wasn't that I wasn't being nice to people. It wasn't that I wasn't doing my job well either. It was that I didn't have a model for how to have those conversations and how to look at what what was the behavior? How did I want to address it and how to how to talk through that and kind of look at some of the points um that I wanted to make before I had that conversation so that there could be a lot more of that on the fly. Hey, I just caught you doing an amazing job, right? Like you said, Andy, writing up those records, or you just held beautifully for that blood draw because your patient didn't struggle at all. They seemed super relaxed. Great, great work there. And those harder, this is a behavior that I see you doing. This is the consequences that it had this is why I need you to change. And this is what I need you to change conversations. No, you're Go ahead. You're absolutely right, Stephanie. I mean, it, and it, it is so hard. It, it, it's a hard skill to learn and it's a hard skill to, because the problem that you can get into is, is particularly, I mean, you can never give enough, positive feedback as a rule. Um, yeah. The problem is, is that when you do give positive feedback and it's not genuine or it seems like it's an effort, then it, it comes off as so false and is so yes. not part of what you're doing. It's, it's a, or not part of who you are. And then if you all of a sudden you have a reputation for not giving good faith, not giving positive feedback, and then the next day you're giving everyone compliments, it's just like, Oh God, are we all Suspicious. getting laid off? You know, right. what's going on? You know, it's just, um, it, you know, there's all these things that kind of would go through people's minds. So, I mean, I think it's 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 a hard balancing act, and I mean, I, I, I you know, being able to have those, be able to navigate those things. I, I, I mean, I think, I mean, I, certainly me and my team, we certainly try to navigate those things and try to make those, uh, have those steps. Just just changing the person who's giving the feedback can make a huge difference. I mean, that's certainly the, the case in my practice is, is that that makes a big difference usually. Um, just and even though it's the same conversation, it's just it's a, the, all of a sudden, oh, my God, this person's having this conversation. And I know that happens as well as when the owner gets involved. If the owner sits down, it's just like I've, I've had this conversation six times before. And then the owner just had this conversation and it went totally differently. What the hell is going on? You know, right. that's the, um, and it's just the change in the person and the messenger makes it can make a huge difference. Difference and all that's connected with relationships and what they think of the person and all that kind of things. So, so yeah, Andy, you were going to say. Well, I think one of the things that's important, and I think you, you hit on it right there, though, Mike, is um, I think it's important that we in our minds separate praise from positive reinforcement. I think, um, you know, I, I think saying positive things is not necessarily positive reinforcement. If I say, hey, great work today, everybody, you guys are rock stars, that makes them feel good and it hopefully makes them feel appreciated. And I would say that. Uh, as an honest comment, but does that give them any type of guidance about what they mm -hmm. did today that I want them to do again tomorrow? And the answer is no. And so I think praise is great. Good morning, everybody. Love having you here. Love seeing your smiling faces. That's all praise, which is not bad, but it's not positive reinforcement. Yeah. The, the thing I always like to put down is say, hey guys, think about how we treat pets and what and and how 
we have found the best approaches there. I, I, I don't care how brilliant you are as a person. I, I still think that you're a fairly simple animal and we all, <laughs> and we all get trained the same way and positive reinforcement works. And that's what we use. And that's why we use it. And so, man, if you were talking to someone who is a, a dog trainer and they're like, Oh, I, I use negative reinforcement exclusively. You would never recommend them or go there <laughs> anything. So, so positive reinforcement is important. The space between the mention and the come to Jesus talk that Stephanie was talking about, that gray area, I completely agree. I, I don't think there's a lot of structure there. So, so let's, let's lay down some tools to use in that space. So how do we go from the first time, like, hey, Mike, I noticed that, um, that you, 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 you're using some foul language in the treatment room. <laughs> That's not like you and what, what's going on, right? So how do we get from there to the closed door meeting? And for me, it's 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 a it's a feedback model that I that I found a, a couple of years ago and sort of tweaked, and it's it's from a, a book called Manager Tools, and uh, the feedback model goes like this. All right, so there's four steps to to giving somebody really direct feedback that that I found works really well. The first is the engagement question. So if I'm going to talk to my person, I want their full attention. I want them to know that this is about to be important. So I'll say, Hey, Mike, can I give you some feedback? Or I'll say, Hey, Mike, can we talk about that last appointment? Hey, Mike, can we talk about staff meeting? Hey, Mike, can we talk about this morning? Have you got a second? And I, I want them to turn and look at me with both eyes and say, yes. And now I, now we are having a meaningful conversation. So step one is the engagement question. Step two is the behavior. When somebody does blank or when you do blank or when we do blank or when people do blank and blank is the thing that they did. Hey, when people scruff cats in the exam room, <laughs> that's the behavior and the second is the consequence what happens when people scruff cats in the exam room one it freaks the cats out and two it looks awful to the pet owners they don't want to see their pet handled that way right that's the consequence and then step four so engagement question behavior consequence and the last part is a request to either change or to keep going because mm. this works really great for for positive feedback when i talked to kayla I said, hey, Kayla, can I talk to you about that last appointment? When the medical records look like this, they are a thing of beauty and it makes my job so much easier. And the last was the request. Can you keep that up for me? Can you do that every time? If a negative uh, piece of feedback, I'm going to say, can we do that differently next time? And I'm not going to say do it this way instead. I, I'm just going to say, can we do it differently? And I want the person to own the path that they choose. So. Engagement question. Hey, can we talk real quick? When someone does blank or when people do blank or when you do blank, blank is what happens. Could you do that differently next time? Or can you keep that up? Or you're a rock star. I just want to tell you, thanks. So those are, that's the, the pathway that I use. You will notice that that works so well for positive reinforcement. So that's not praise. That's positive reinforcement. Mm. Hey, Mike, when you when uh, there's a, an upset client up front and you step up like you did and you engage them with a smile and you reach a resolution, it is absolutely amazing. And you establish yourself as a leader here. And I just I just want to tell you, I saw it. And, and can you keep that up for me? Because that's amazing. That's the type of, of direct, clear, positive reinforcement that affects people's behavior and it grows our practice. Do you guys agree? Yes. A hundred percent. And, and the other thing that I would, that I would say too, Andy, is that I, I use almost that exact same model and I also use it for, um, giving feedback about behaviors that I want to change or, or the, the non-positive, the negative side of it, however you want to frame that. I, um, often when I am going to have those little bit harder of a conversations, I have a little worksheet that I make for myself and I walk through those same steps and I, because I want it to be specific. I want it to be concrete. I want, when I tell them the, about what I'm observing in their um, behaviors, I don't want it to feel subjective to them. I want to be able to say to them, Hey, yesterday when we were in the treatment room and you did this exact thing, that helps take the emotion out of it for people. Whereas if, you know, if you tell somebody, hey, yesterday when you were, um, you know, handling Fluffy, you seemed like you were, you know, being kind of a jerk to her. That's so subjective and so um, 
so easy to go straight into the they're judging me versus they're giving me feedback about a behavior. And, and I think it's easy for people to turn around when you when you do have that subjective thing. It's people to turn around and say, well, no, I wasn't. And it, it's, right. it's, it's, it's or it's like I didn't think I was. And it's just like, well. <laughs> you know, well, I think you do, and sorry, that's what's important. Um, you know, and it's not that their views are not important, but it's just like this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that I did not like this, and this was not yes. where, where, and this is that's what my job is. I should be able to do this. I should be able to give you feedback about these mm-hmm. things. And so, so having a good plan and making that work, I think is, is huge. It's important. It's, and it's, it is that stepping stone. As you say, there's that, there's definitely that stepping stone through there. Um, I have to admit is I don't often get to that. And I tend to get to that stepping stone on my own. I don't tend to get through our process, our process. That's always kind of happened. There are things that I'll spot on my own, and that's when I go to there is probably the next thing that I go to. But you're right. I mean, the positive thing of it is when you do it for positive things, it's a thing of beauty. It really does work very, very well. I, well, I think your point about speaking in specifics is great. I mean, 100%. You want you want to be specific, and I think I think you you nailed it. When you're just like, oh, you were really rough with this pet, and I go, no, I wasn't. Or or you <laughs> like. You you were really a jerk to to Kelly. And you go, well, I was not a jerk. Everyone's going to say immediately, I was no, not. I was not. <laughs> Specifics well, about the language and what they said. You know, anything you can do to be like objectively, this is what happened. I think that makes your life so much easier. And I I think the other critical piece that um, I I have to mention is that I think we don't do a good enough job of also looking at you know before you point the finger at somebody else are you looking at the fingers pointing back at yourself and so that's before I'm going to have a hard especially if it's going to be a hard conversation that I'm going to have with uh, a member of my team I always want to look at did I set them up for success or failure did I lay out what my expectation was did I did I show them did I tell them have I demonstrated exactly what I want that to look like if I haven't um, you know, specifically told members of my teams, hey, our our hospital policy is we don't scruff pets here ever. This is this is the expectation. This is what we do instead. If we haven't ever demonstrated that to somebody and we have a new person come on board and they were trained in another hospital where it was acceptable to scruff cats, I have failed them in terms of uh, leadership by not setting the expectation for them. So I think particularly when it comes to those hard conversations, we really have to do a little bit of looking at ourselves before we sit down and have that conversation with somebody because that creates an opportunity as well to when you're giving them the feedback to help take some more of the emotion out of it. And I, I I like to say to somebody, Hey, I, this is the behavior that I've observed. And first off the bat, I need to tell you that I'm sorry. I realized that I never laid out my expectation for you. And so I set you up for failure. And that's, that's, that's crappy for you. And it's crappy for me. And that to me has um, been one of the best tools that I have in my toolbox as a, as a leader is to apologize for the impact that I've had on other people, because it immediately takes the emotion from whatever stage it could have been at for them down to a bottom floor level. And I don't think that that's something that we do enough of. I I love that so much. I, I use that a lot. I have to admit is I think I use it probably further on in the process than you do, Stephanie, because I think when I'm having a difficult conversation with someone, let's say it's a write-up or or whatever, mm-hmm. is I will use that when I think someone's going to go to pieces or they're very fragile, as then as, as they don't take feedback very well. That's a tool that I'll use to say hey, this is my fault because of this and this and this. Unfortunately, the consequences are yours, but but this is my, I did not set this up in the way I should have done as I should have should have tackled this earlier. I should have done something differently to kind of guide you and make this work better. And, and unfortunately, we're now at this point and, and you know, and it's, it's the, the choice is not the easy one. We should have intervened sooner. We should have done something. It's a, this is our fault for not dealing with that. But hey, by the way, you do need to change, you know, or this needs to happen. And, and it's it is a very, very useful tool. It is one way to navigate around that 
this person who you know i mean we've all had those employees who you give a slight piece of negative feedback and then you turn around and say where's susie and you're like, oh susie walked out the door and uh, you never hear from susie again you know i mean that's a, that's a it's rare that those things you ever go oh i i look back and go oh i did that wrong it's always what the hell happened you know it just mm-hmm. it's it was always it always kind of was like some huge mystery and you always want to kind of call them up and say I, did we have a different conversation that I wasn't part of? Because I don't know why this happened, but it's a, um, I, I think those things get become, being able to push it back onto yourself and be able to take that and share that burden, I think can make a big difference. And I think it makes a big difference for the employee as well. Well, it's, 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 the, it's leading with vulnerability. So, I mean, the, the quickest way to get someone else to be vulnerable is to be vulnerable yourself. And, mm-hmm. and that builds trust. So yeah, when you say, Hey, I dropped the ball here. I, I love that. You know, so think first, um, did you set clear expectations for this person? And the other part to that is, did you give them the resources they need to do what is expected? So one is, if you didn't know that we are a low stress handling practice, that's on me because you should know that. And I should have made that clear and everyone should know that. But number two is, if I tell you it's a low stress handling practice, but then I don't train you on what low stress handling is or how to do it, right. I have also failed because you're going, oh, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I don't know what else to do or how else to approach it. Again, that's a leadership failure. I, I, I put this person in a place where they can't succeed. So la- the last thing I think we should say about, about feedback, and then we'll wrap this up because we're, we're buttoned up on an hour. Um, <laughs> I think it's very important when you give people feedback, you want to at least touch on why. And it shouldn't be because I don't want you to do this, right? They should Mm. understand the why to some degree. So when I say, um, hey, we we don't scruff cats because that is not allowed. We do not (laughs) scruff cats because it makes me so angry. (laughs) Those things may be totally true, but they're not informative for the person. You know, what we want to do is say, hey, we don't scruff cats because blank. And, and give your real true reason. Talk about the benefit of the animal. Talk about the behavior. Talk about, you know, um, what the research says. Talk about the client experience. Talk about how the how the pet owners perceive that behavior and what they see when they look. Whatever the reason is, give it to them. And you don't have to, gosh, don't, don't take 30 minutes to outline all the reasons that we, you know, that we need to show up on time. Mm-hmm. But give them some reason. Because everybody wants to know why. Why this is a problem. Here's why. Can we make a, a change in the future? I agree. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's it, it's huge to be able to. I mean, I think it's context. If you don't have that context, you can't. There's nothing for you to be able to. The employee has nothing to hang that around. I mean, it's just it's just uh, do this. Why? Mm because I say so, you know, that, that's not a, that's, that's not a thing. And apart from the problem is if you don't do that, they can't then improvise. So you hopefully what you do is you give a piece of feedback about, Hey, don't scruff cats, which then leads into, Hey, be careful how you're handling this dog and how, how you're handling this iguana or whatever. And they can improvise and understand that because if we don't scruff cats, we're not going to be able to do this. We're not going to do this with dogs and we're not going to do this with iguanas. And, 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 if you're just telling them, no, don't do this, they're kind of like, okay, so I don't do that. And then you're moving on. And, and that's that context, to be able to hang that on a framework makes all the difference in the world, I think. Uh, you, you're, to- you're totally right. You, you just blew my mind. That's totally true because the ultimate goal is not for them to have a rule book that they memorized. The ultimate goal is for them to understand our philosophy, the core values of our practice. You know what I mean? And then they can come in the future and say, hey, Dr. Rourke, I, I've been reading about this technique. There's a, there's a new piece of equipment. You know what I mean? There's, there's a new approach to this thing. It seems to fit with our philosophy. What do you think? And now they're contributing to the culture. They feel ownership of what we're doing. It's, it's, they're, not, they're not living in between the rule you know, barriers that we set. They understand the philosophy, they understand our culture, and they can start to buy into it. And now we've got somebody else who, as you said, is able to innovate, is able to help push us and help grow and make good, useful suggestions because they understand what we care about. Steph, you got any last words? 
No, I I think that you guys um some both summed that that up greatly, and and I agree with you, Andy. I think it opens the door to have some of those um great cultural conversations the way that the way that Mike like laid that out. I love it. I mean, Mike. I think it's. I mean, you you have. Um, I was just going to add, is you know, I mean, we much as we joke about how we would love to work in a practice full of robots. I don't actually think we want to work in a practice full of automata. We we want we want to have. This is a shared journey. Your your business journey is a shared journey, and it's a journey with the people that you work with. And and mm-hmm. I, I don't. I've worked alone. I don't want to work alone ever again. Uh, that's right. the Reason why I'm in vet medicine. And, and you know, it, it's. Um, those things are important and if you can if you can share that journey together and you can end up in a in a in a great place that's what you want i think that's what we all want guys thanks so much for uh for coming on and doing this with me today i really appreciate it have a wonderful rest of your day you too thank you Andy. thanks Thanks for inviting me thanks guys thanks and that's our episode up got a lot out of it as i said i honest to god believe that giving feedback is a core skill for anybody who wants to be a leader in practice anybody who really wants to be effective there so i hope that this has been valuable for you if it has if you're enjoying it please hit that subscribe button so that you'll get the podcast in the future and uh and write us an honest review that would mean a lot to me personally i know it'd mean a lot to staff as well but um but yeah that's that would be something that would really help us out so Until next week, I hope you have a fantastic week and that life is going very well. And I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. Take care.